to The Breakfast Show live from Australia in the studio here in Newcastle with Lawson, with Blake, and Shanna on the buttons behind the scenes making that music come out of your speakers right now. I hope you can handle it. If it's too loud, don't turn it down because the music's almost done. Do you hear the fade? Beautiful. Beautiful <laughs> production fade. Amazing. It is. Oh, and look at that. Just perfect. It's perfect. Lawson, how's it going today? Dude, it is it is going good. Yeah? I'm just winning at life. <laughs> like, I uh, I got to see one of my friends last night, get together, have dinner, and, and do a Bible study with him. Nice. And and it was just, it was awesome. I, hadn't, I, I couldn't see him last week. I was just so packed with uni last week because the first week back. And, and this week, it's been really packed too, and there's still study. You know, I need to... Leave this morning, go to uni, go to class, and do some study pretty much all afternoon until I have another Bible study tonight. But uh, re- regardless of that, you know, it is well with my soul. Like I, I've got, I'm staring down the barrel of of tertiary education, and uh, it hasn't uh, blasted me yet. <laughs> so I'm I'm doing well. How about yourself, Blake? How are you going? Uh yeah, I'm uh I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And that's that's important. That's praise God. Okay, <laughs> firstly alive. Secondly, yeah, um, I'm just doing life. Just yeah, the best that I can. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, but that's uh, awesome. we are. What are you thankful for? I'm really thankful. I got to eat some good noodles last night. Some because I yeah, um, you're a noodle guy. Because I've been I've been down at Avondale at my uni, and everyone who cooks there is white. And shout out white people. I'm I'm one of them. And his, historically, we're not known for our prowess on, on the noodles. Yeah, that's right. We can pasta, but noodles, not so much. But I got to come into town yesterday, and uh, I got made noodles. You know, went to someone's house where they made me noodles. So shout out, shout out, Hannah. It was, it was epic. Dude, <laughs> the, the noodles go hard. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. I just got to say, the food is really good at Avondale. <laughs> just, just not up to the to the level of spice, you know, ours, okay. of, or ethnic uh, ethnicness. Coming up on Faith FM, uh, there is a medical helicopter with five aboard uh, missing in the Philippines. It flew over the Sulu Sea, and that helicopter is from Aventus Aviation. Mm. And there are people that we need to pray for. This is Blair and Emilimki. Stand up for such a time as this. Shaq and Benny were standing tall When everyone else was hitting the floor They were following God instead of following men Bringing glory to God was their number one plan And they said even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God and stand today Stand up, stand up Thank you. 
crypto so fine Obeying God's law will make you shine They said we purposed in our hearts to only eat The foods that God has said to eat Like Daniel Rackshack and Benny too Who will stand for the right Though the heavens fall Following God's word And giving their all And we say Even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God And stand today Yes, on the breakfast show. Amen. That means good morning in another language that you can guess by texting 0491064669 mm. or Bomgia. Bon, Similar. But that, that is a different language. Totally different language. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the breakfast show, and of course, being a Thursday in every day, but especially being a Thursday, we're up to our second last day of quiz clues, of quiz questions. Guys, we want you to get this quiz correct so that your name can be in the draw when at the end of this week, which is you tomorrow, can you can win our amazing prizes. But hey, what am I? And this is really a what is am this I a real today. what am I? Yeah, yesterday yeah. was, yesterday was a, bit, a bit questionable. Well, yesterday the answer was the Garden of Eden, but it was like... Who am I? Who am I? I'm like, is the Garden of Eden a who? And you actually mentioned, we had Blair and Emma Lemke with that last song, Stand Up. Powerful stuff there. Probably one of the best kids' songs I've ever, children's songs I've ever heard. Speaking of children. And they have a child named Eden. So uh-huh. it could be a who am I. But we have a what am I today. And the clue is, Daniel had a vision where he saw a man who was resisted by the Prince of Persia. This man had one of these... Made out of the finest gold. So, Ooh. Daniel, he saw this guy. This guy was fighting against the Prince of Persia. But he had this thing on him that was made out of the finest gold. If you know what this is, 0491 You'll get 500 points if you can answer correctly off this clue. And then less points as we go through the day. I feel like Adventists have an unfair advantage in some of these quizzes because they like Adventists historically like just from a historical third person perspective they spend tons of time in revelation and daniel Mm -hmm. so anytime it's like a daniel or revelation like obscure clue like Adventists have this we know what's up yeah Yeah. we we have this like very unfair advantage because like that's like something that Adventists spend tons of time but that advantage would be mitigated if people would spend time in their bibles it's true. Anyone can go find the answer. That's right. For sure. And we encourage you, go study Daniel and Revelation. Absolutely. Daniel is the key that unlocks Revelation. And in fact, if you want to know more about Daniel and Revelation, <laughs> you need to get our prize. Journal the word reference Bible 
That is one of our prizes, this amazing Bible that has Bible study references and guides in it. You've got down the margins, huge wide margins that you can write stuff in. Quit being marginalized. Start writing in the margins. Wow. Thank you, Blake. You're welcome. And and then we have as well the Bible study companion set, Conflict of the Ages. This is a Bible commentary that runs from essentially before Genesis to after Revelation, before creation to after the second coming. It's all about what Jesus is doing, what God has been doing all throughout throughout the biblical narrative. Just really, I, I believe that Scripture, the Word of God, is alive. And these books help to contextualize that and give us just more information do you know what that sound effect was what was it uh you and your friends on motorcycles racing to go get one of these companion sets absolutely but the way that you can race to get one of the companion sets is by giving us a call 0491 again that's the number to call or text <laughs> and you can answer this question daniel had a vision where he saw a man who resisted by the prince of per- who was resisted by the prince of persia the man had one of these made of the Finest gold. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I wonder what that thing was. <laughs> My, sorry, your Siri is uh, Siri trying to jump. Trying on to trying to get in. Siri's trying to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she, she's like I, I know the answer. She's like I want yeah, these that's books. That's unfair, though. She has like access to like all of the internet. Yeah. So. All of Be it. quiet, Siri. Hey, you're not allowed to play. You're out of here. Yeah. Stay home. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawson, speaking about lanes, you got the good news lane, mm-hmm. and I need some good news in my life. Today, we were talking earlier in the week about pirates. Today, we're <laughs> going to talk about the high seas. Dude, I'm talking about high seas in my thing, too. Really? What? Okay, you talk about your high seas. Okay. Uh, Mine may be like the Sulu seas, the low seas near the Philippines. Okay. You go. Well, I'm going to be talking about the high seas, which is essentially two-thirds of the world's ocean is yeah. classified as international water. And, Whoa. And so that that's... I didn't think about that. That's like 100%. Right. Like, that's what the high seas is. You know, is the the part of the world that is the the international water. Now, that's two-thirds of the ocean. One percent of these high seas is protected. The other 99 percent is unprotected. And you could say protected from what? Well, protected from ecological disasters like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and those kinds of things. Like, the Pacific Ocean is mostly international. Are you old enough to know about... Garbage Patch Kids. Like, you, you, you don't know those things? Garbage Patch, is that like... It's a th- it was like a weird thing in the 90s. I'm thinking you might be too young, but it was like, anyway, they had these trading cards of like different kids who were like... They came the garbage out of, patch. Yeah, they came out of the Garbage Patch. It was like... It was like a weird play on like Pokemon, but it was like um, it was like a satirical thing. But anyway, when I'm thinking about that, I'm just thinking about the little garbage patch kids jumping yeah. out of the floating island in the Pacific. So, sorry, random thought, but that, that's okay. Going. You know, thank <laughs> you uh, for sharing with us, uh, Blake. But yeah, so two thirds of the the world's one percent. And only only 1% is protected. Okay. Uh, But there has been a treaty that they have been deliberating on for the last couple of years. It's called the the UN High Seas Treaty. And they have essentially decided they've put into place action to protect a third of the entirety of international waters. So the one third of international waters becomes protected. And along with this treaty is... 
this agreement to to look after these waters, to not um, dump plastic in these waters, also to protect the species that are part of this water. So this is they've done a risk assessment on different ocean species and mm-hmm. what their level of threat is in regard to extinction. Uh, reef corals has a 15% threat level, and that's because most reef corals are protected, but still there's a lot of reef coral, which is in international water. Sharks and, and rays, sharks and rays have a 90 plus percent threat level at the moment. So rays. Like sharks, I can understand. I'm not a big fan of sharks. Me and sharks, we don't get along. And I understand that might be a popular decision, but like as a surfer, I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. But well, rays, they're so cute. And I, I believe I believe in population control, but I also believe in animal conservation. Fair enough. I don't want to see these animals die out because they live in international water that's being fished and Well, the biggest in. plastic pollutant to the oceans is fishing nets yeah like and the destruction of the ocean floor from uh dragnet fishing yeah like well this is the thing pulls across fishes just all of fish anything that swims around in the water like a fish you know not maybe like a mammal or whatever like fishes have a 67 percent threat uh yeah threat level so it's like very high uh mollusks so it's kind of like sea snails and stuff they have an 11 percent Makes level. no sense because a fish is so much faster than a mollusk. Yeah, but mollusks just hang out in They're places hardy. that aren't really, yeah. you know, aren't really here. And then finally, green algae is like a point point one percent. So green algae is here to stay, and that's because algae actually is blooming a lot at the moment, and algae actually blooms due to toxins and dumping and all that stuff. If you so green algae is like. We're having a great time. Yeah, they're, they're loving the fact that yeah. the oceans are being Send polluted. Send us more pollutants. That's right. But, yeah, they've made, they've made this treaty to protect the ocean. And, uh, yeah, arrangements in... So, the other parts of the treaty, arrangements for sharing marine genetic resources. So, it's, it's hey, you know, we're going to... We all have these resources in a, that enable us to understand the ocean better. And amongst the countries within this treaty, we're going to share that with one another is every country in the treaty not every, only the united, the, the nations? united nations so what's the united nations going to do like create like a pirate army to like attack well essentially that they're, they're going to put resources toward protecting this part of the ocean that's wild because what that thinks that that's like an army for the for the high seas yeah there's also in a, a part of the treaty is requirements for environmental impact assessments for deep sea activities like mining which in international waters historically hasn't been needed. Because we, you know, uh, like an EIA, like an environmental impact assessment, like my dad is a project manager working for companies and they have to do that all the time. Right. But in international waters, it's something they don't really care about. But now they're like, we don't want you to endanger animals. So please. And again, interesting. There, there are two perspectives. Whenever it comes to ideas of conservation and climate change, there's one, one side that says, oh, hey, you know, look, why should a bigger entity tell me what to do? And they can leverage telling me what to do in regards to the environment to force me to do things that I don't want to do. There's another side that's, I think, very hypersensitive to these issues and is like, if you 
put your toe in the ocean, you are destroying and abusing animals or something like that. Yeah, I, that's a bit hyperbole, but some people have this really gnarly view on what animal conservation is. But all I know is that animal conservation is a job that has been given to us by God from the very beginning right? to look after this old earth. And even though we know that this earth is on the way out, that doesn't give us the right to take advantage of it because ultimately it's God's and we are to be good stewards. And so I, I see, hey, let's protect International Ocean because it's the right thing to do as a good thing. Got it. So, hey, if you have thoughts, 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. There are many things that surprise us. And that's the point of the song. They're like, it couldn't be. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. But you know what? Will be. The, the clue for this next quiz and your potential to win this prize. You might be thinking, wow, that couldn't be that they would give me a Bible study companion set and a journal of the word Bible. But my <laughs> friends, my friends, we're going to give it to you. You just have to win the draw. And to get into the draw, you have to answer these clues correctly. Here we go. This was one of the things Jonathan gave to David when making a covenant with him. I thought it was a who am I? It's a what am I? Okay. We're sure? Yeah. I thought, because I was thinking the who. What do you what do you mean? The last clue was Oh, this thing okay. I thought it was the person who was wearing the thing that was made no, with the finest gold. It's, it's the, the thing, thing that's it's, made with finest gold. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I was on a totally different path. This is one of the things Jonathan gave to David when making a covenant with him. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So if you know what this is, hey, if you if you just worked out the direction we're going with uh with this quiz like my good friend blake zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text and if you answer these questions correct you go into the draw to win our prizes so get in again that clue was this is one of the things that jonathan was gay had given to david when making a covenant with him so this morning uh i called my mom and my sister on the way to work Oh. And my sister had just arrived back home. Now, Where was she? Well, this is the wild thing. So she went to a prayer meeting that she thought she was going to be at for 30 minutes, maybe less. Ended up staying for two hours. When she got back, she forgot that the lentils were on the stove cooking away. Mm-hmm. Came in, the house is filled with smoke. And the poor uh, Bufo, her dog was just huddled down in the corner because there was smoke Aww, everywhere. Beautiful. And I was like, why would you do that? And she's like, well, it was crazy because I went over to this prayer meeting, right? And we found out that one of the, uh, so it was like a staff house. So she basically lives at a, it's it's a very interesting place, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a dorm. It's a Christian school. And the, at the dormitory, they have their own power plant. Mm. And they have it's like completely self sufficient. They have their own water. They're right on a creek. They have their own power plant that's powered by wood chips. Wow! They have like everything is self sustainable basically. And so they live up in this place, and there's like you know 500 people up there or something like mm. that. And anyway, they're at this prayer meeting. But at the prayer meeting, one of the the children of one of the families at this prayer meeting, they're a missionary in the Philippines. They're actually an American nurse, right? And they were praying because of the news mm-hmm. article that I am about to share right now. There was a helicopter over the, I believe the, 
it's near Palawan, and it has just disappeared. Like, no one knows where it is. Mm. It was operated, it's called the Yellow Bee, the Alouette Aircraft, uh, registry number N45VX. So if you do see that flying around, please let us know. Uh, but the Philippine Adventist Medical Aviation Services, based in Brooks Point, the helicopter was carrying a pilot, a nurse, that's the daughter of this family up there in Oregon, a patient and two companions. So everyone's Filipino except for this nurse who's an American nurse that mm-hmm. uh, my sister knows. And when it went missing Wednesday morning while en route from Mangsi Island in the far west portion of Balabac, Palawan, to the southern Palawan Pro- Provincial Hospital in Brooks Point. So essentially, it's about 150 kilometers, 93 miles for our American listeners. Uh, at the journey is over the Sulu Sea. Mm-hmm. Now, what's hap- this, what's crazy is uh, this the, this area in the Sulu Sea has had multiple airplanes disappear recently. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, no one knows what's going on. Uh, and there's actually been some documentaries, and uh, less than even two weeks ago, a Cessna plane carrying four people, including two Australians, crashed on an active volcano in the central Philippines, and all four passed away, which is terrible news. Wow. Now, some information has just come uh, from the from the group that is basically they have like a search and rescue mission that's happening from the one place to the other, and this is just updated maybe twelve hours ago. It says the sonar was used to search a wide area around the expected crash site yesterday, and here's what we learned: the ocean floor is around ninety to hundred meters in depth, with a sandy and flat rock surface. So basically, it's really flat all the way from one place to the other. Mm. So it's making it ideal to use the sonar to search. But sadly, nothing of significance has been found yet. But those involved are still examining and analyzing the data. The team preserved, uh, for, persevered for 12 hours despite the particularly rough seas, which made the work very difficult. We're so grateful for the Navy team, the sonar team, and the Pamwas uh, volunteers assisting with this effort. And I think that's the uh, Philippine Adventist Mission uh, Aviation Society, I think I'm, I'm messing up the, the name of it. Philippine Adventist Medical Aviation Services, sorry. Uh, and they, But they won't be able to go out today because of the continued rough seas, which are expected through the weekend. But the sonar team and the Navy remain on standby. So please continue to pray for the underwater search process. So essentially they're searching this flat, sandy surface from one place to the other place. They're using sonar, and it's ideal but there's no evidence of where this helicopter could be. Wow. Now, some of these other planes, so one That's that's crazy. Yeah, one plane disappeared and they crashed into an active volcano, so that one not so good. But other planes have disappeared, but then the people have been found. Uh-huh. So they don't know. So no one knows, are these people alive? Are they dead? Like have they crashed into the sea or are they on an island? Wow. So it's just like a, that's, that's, a missing person that's thing. the thing. They just don't, they just don't know. So right. there's every potential possibility that they could be alive, but maybe not. But I guess as as we've been saying and as people have been doing, all we can do is pray. And that's what I want to do this morning. Mm. You know, so if you can, let's join him. Father in heaven, I just want to pray right now very specifically for all the, the families of those who are mm. missing. We, we don't know what's going on, Lord. We're praying for answers. We're praying for guidance. We just ask that also you would calm the seas. Lord, uh, as I do a search and rescue mission, 
the seas are very rough right now, and we pray that you would just calm the seas like you calmed uh, the Sea of Galilee. You, we know that you have this power, and so we're asking for calm seas uh, so that the search and rescue team can go out and to mm. seek and to save that which was lost. And so, Lord, we just pray that during this time uh, you would give them direction, uh, send this, the Holy Spirit with them so that they can uh, have the wisdom to know how to use their instruments mm. and how to find where this helicopter is. If it's landed on an island somewhere, help them to find that. Uh, Lord, we do want to pray for the lives of all the people. Um, if they have crashed, Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with them. Maybe they're floating in the water. We don't know exactly. And it's the unknown that makes things so difficult. And so, Lord, in this moment and in this time, we just pray for that clarity. We pray for answers to come about. And we also just pray for miracles as well, too, for everyone involved over there in the Philippines and the mission work of the church uh, that is taking place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So they're keeping us updated. If, if you want to follow along this story, there's a group on Facebook called PAMAS Mission, or Philippine Adventist Medical Aviation Services. So P-A-M-A-S, Mission. Uh, they have basically daily updates, and they are uh, sending pictures through of everything that's going on and looking for um, any more information that's happening. Your prayers are much appreciated, and we do just want to see uh, the people from this mission trip, uh, everyone, to be found and to to have some answers as soon as possible. So thank you for listening to that. And it's just a crazy thought process. Uh, and, and Lawson, this area, the Sulu Sea area, is very similar, right, to like the Bermuda Triangle. Apparently, all of the, there's like a weird mag- magnetic field that causes all the instruments in the aircraft to just, totally go out of whack and to stop working. Mm. And so it's a, it's a mystery. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on there. I definitely want to see uh, some answers to this prayer and some answer to the prayers of our listeners as well, too, as we just continue to pray for those who are out in the high seas lost, really, you mm. know, the Sulu Sea. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, where we don't eat waffles and pancakes, unfortunately, and I do wish someone would bring those to us in the morning, but we do read The Bread of Life, where we serve that up through some quizzes and some studies and some scripture reading. Lawson, what's the quiz clue? Agabus, the prophet, took this from Paul and tied his own hands and feet with it. This... (laughs) Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So if, yep, Agabus the prophet. So it's not a car. Took this from Paul and tied his own hands and feet with you it. You can't tie someone's hands and feet with a car. And there were It's no not a car. Okay. No, it's not a plane. It's a laptop. No. <sighs> Incorrect. So you don't get in the draw. You're canceled <laughs> for today. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, again, you go into the draw to win our amazing prizes, the Bible Study Companion Set, Conflict of the Ages, as well as Journal the Word Reference Bible. But again, that clue was Agabus the prophet took this from Paul and tied his own hands and feet with it. That is, that's a feat, actually. 
It's, I, I'm actually su- surprised that he's able to do this. Oh, but little, again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Lawson, we have with us our own Mardi Gras the- correspondent, Mark Sutherland. That's why he's on today. It's getting a little wild. Really? Yes. Mark Sutherland, Pastor Mark <laughs> Sutherland, who went down to to the old Mardi Gras, and uh, we're reporting on what happened down there. I don't think he meant to go. I think he was just there in Sydney, and then uh, things got wild. Is that true, Mark? Mark, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm totally fine. Um, <laughs> hey, good morning, Blake and Lawson. Well, what, 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 a, what a start to this. Um, yeah, uh, give a little bit of context. Um, no, I, I, I think, think I, I need there. context. Who needs that? Please, no, I need context. I think our listeners need context. I wasn't, um, I wasn't really in part of any of the parades or anything, although, you know, Come to think of it, it might be a bit of a mission field for the world to think about, um, for the church to think about, rather. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I was just down there the other day. And um, going through Sydney, you know, there's, like, a lot of a lot of pride flags everywhere, um, you know, children, families, um, people all dressed up with all the kind of, you know, pride regalia. Um, I even came across, I think it was, you know, a church there, and um, it kind of had, like, a flag on the church, you know, with the cross in the middle, on the pride flag with the cross in the middle, and um, really, you know, yeah, it had the ch- they had the, all their uh, steps painted, and it just kind of reminded me. Um, to be honest, it, you know, I've kind of, you know, you kind of get accustomed to that sort of thing nowadays, and it kind of just made me think a lot about, you know, where is the church today in you know, Western liberal democracies, especially, and at the moment. At Ram Terrace Mission, where I um, have the privilege to be the intended pastor there, I, um, we've been going through the Book of Acts, and we've been kind of looking at, you know, how does the church function in in a state and society in which it, you know, it was also marginalised. So yeah, it kind of, you know, just got me thinking. So you're you're down there. You're see- that's actually really interesting to me. There was a, a pride flag with a cross on it, and. I don't know how I feel about that because part of me is like, yes, of course, like God loves everyone 100%, but I'm not sure if that's what that is communicating because it's saying that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I got I, mixed I, feelings. I think, I think, I think, I think the cross of Christ itself communicates inclusivity without, you know, attaching any sort of ideology to it. I you know what that. I mean? That's true. So we don't need um, the flag behind it to be inclusive of, no, of no, the love the, of Christ. You know, yeah. The, the cross is, you know, a symbol you know, of God's death for the world. You know, that, that includes I mean, everyone under every banner of ideology, um, every walk of life, you know, every religious or political practice. Um, so I think I think that in and of itself, it just kind of shows that, you know, perhaps perhaps the church is trying to tap into different means um, in, in trying to, you know, um, either bring in converts or have an influence in which it never originally needed to do to do so. Now, like thinking about that idea, you said Western democratic society. Is that is that the term that you used? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Western liberal democracies. Yeah, that's correct. Western liberal democracies. And, and what do you see happening in these Western liberal democracies? And, you know, as a pastor, you're watching the world. What's going on? How and how is that compared to the Book of Acts? Well, look, I don't, I don't live in all Western demo- liberal democracies, nor have I visited them all, but um. There does seem to be this trend of which, um, you know, at their core, Western liberal democracies are kind of trying their best to 
to ensure human freedom um, and sort of break the human you know, human bonds from nature, um, you know, from from our own you know, sexuality, identity, our own communities, and we're kind of seeing this sort of split happening, and it's it's left you know a really depersonalized and individualistic society in which I think people are really needing community again, and people are really needing um, you know connections with our other human beings, and when we look at when we look at the church in Acts, I actually have this really cool quote I'll um, share with you all. Yeah. I heard it uh, by Dr. Cal DeWall at a um, mission symposium I did when I was a student at Avondale University. Um, there's a quote by Brian, um, let me get his name, Brian Stone in his book Evangelism After Christendom. Because, you know, we live in this sort of post, post, um, uh, Postmodern, almost liquid culture at the moment. And, you know, he has a statement and he says, perhaps a church at the periphery of the world may it be a church for the world. And I really like that saying because going through Acts, the, ch- the church in Acts was a church on the periphery of the world. You know, it was, you know, on, on the periphery of, you know, even Jerusalem. It was this little marginalized movement, but powered by the spirit and coming together, you know, for a common good and for a common cause. That church that was on the periphery of the world changed the world. And so today when we see Christianity being marginalized and compromised, I don't think we need it to despair too much. You know what I mean? We, um, right. we have to understand that the church started on the periphery of society, on the periphery of the world. And perhaps that was where we need to be again for the spirit to work, how it worked in Pentecost. And so going through the book of Acts, um, you know, this, this, this idea of, um, of collectiveness of, you know, the Greek word laos, which is people, you know, it's this theme of like the multitude and people being ministered to and coming together into a community is, um, a repeated theme. And I had this quote actually, uh, I read a book recently called Why Liberalism Failed by Dr. Patrick Deneen. He's a professor at Notre Dame University. And I really like it because at the start of his book, he has this great quote where he says, um, while well, I end this volume by calling on political philosophers for the help in finding a way out of the vice in which we now find ourselves, you know, speaking of, you know, the kind of um, fragmented society and polarized society we find right. ourselves in now, he says, the mental, um, because the mental group of these revolutionary ideologies inaugurated in modernity, first by liberalism itself. So he says, you know, there's a bunch of ideologies, but liberalism itself is an ideology and it's kind of, it's kind of brought us to the place where we have now. But he says this, he says, but the better course lies not in any political revolution, but in patient encouragement of new forms of community that can serve as havens in our depersonalized political and economic order. And so I really like Denise's quote here. He's saying, look, you know, I'm calling on, you know, my fellow political philosophers to, so we can get our heads together around, you know, some of the massive, massive issues we face in modernity. But more than that, he's saying what we'd need now in society is not another political upheaval. It's not a, we, don't, we need to stop looking for political solutions to all of our problems. But he says we need to again, you know, cultivate and create new forms of community wow. that serve as havens in a depersonalized political and economic order. And so, so the church politics act, are yeah. the answer essentially. Politics are not no, the solution. No, no, I, I think I think trying to wedge politics um, into you know, every, everyday life and into every solution that and modern day problem that we have is actually um, dangerous and unhealthy. But but the church can act as that community. The church has a role in which it can create that strong bond and that strong community in which we, we need now more than we ever do. And so the church in Acts, the book of Acts, 
I think is is more relevant in our society than it ever has been. Mm. Like I'm just like I'm kind of just fascinated by that thought process of being on the do you say the periphery of society as a as a Christian church? Because there was a time in Western society where Christianity was up front and center. It was the the thought provoking central piece of our society. But that's not the case anymore. I had a conversation yesterday um, with a good friend, and we were talking about the whole idea of, you know, we're talking about certain issues such as abortion and, um, you know, stem cell research and all of that and the ethics behind it. And, you know, I I made the passing comment that, you know, perhaps we as men need to stop playing God, but he then returned and rebutted me and said, well, you know, God isn't really doing a good job at God. And so that kind of struck me because I think that is sort of – the social consensus that we now face, you know, mm. that perhaps we can we can understand and play God than God does. Um, is that wise? No. But at the same time, you know, we, we have to have sympathy and empathy for people and where they're coming from. And you can understand, you know, a lot of the gripes that they've had against institutional Christianity. But the church in um, in Acts is not institutional. I mean, it's ordered. It has, you know, it has different branches of administration and ministry. But it's not institutionalized, decrepit, and corrupt. And mm. unfortunately, an institutionalized church is not what we're trying to get at here. We're trying to get at, you know, very grassroots, local church, um, you know, being re-emphasized within our communities again. So instead and, of having like one global, universal, you know, mandate-making church, having lots of little, well, yeah, tiny well, grassroots we, church. Well, we have a commission to go to the world. So in, right. in some respect, we need to be able to communicate and, and help each other with with that cause, of course. But um, when I say institutionalized, I mean um, where I guess perhaps the, you know, the institution is sometimes put and, you know, the, you know, the um, bureaucracies and things can be put forward um, before, you know, the local church and the people. And I'm actually not really singling out advocacy here. I'm, I'm talking about Christianity as a whole. Right. That became, you know, very institutional. And from, you know, in that, you know, institutionalism that lost it, the side of its mission, you know, it really did become, you know, corrupt. And it's given Christianity the bad rapport that it that it has today. But that, that's not no need to stress because, you know, again, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, a church in the periphery um, can be a church for the world. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting thought, too. And it's. The world is kind of shaping up to a place that I see uh, very, very similar to pre-fall of Rome. Like history is repeating itself in some some ways. And uh, America, uh, the way, you know, it has a very kind of Roman vibe. We have the eagle as our animal, just like the Romans did as well, too. And, I mean, there's many other you know, comparisons as well to the Coliseum culture of like sports and events and Mm. just like um, the way in which America has gone is very similar to the way in which Rome has gone as well too. Look, yeah, they say history doesn't, um, doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Um, Yeah. You know, United States and Bible prophecy is an interesting conversation. I think personally, the United States right now is an empire. It's no longer a republic as per se. Yeah. And perhaps you could say that, yeah, and that's what that's Rome started Rome. out as well too. Yeah, Rome started out yeah. as a republic, so, and then they and then they stabbed Caesar, uh, and then so, yeah, 
became yeah, this empire. You know, yeah, so there's definitely there's definitely things that you know in 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 the times of the early church, you know, we we, we face today as well. But I guess that's the encouragement from Acts is not to lose heart, but right. is to realize that you know the work of the church, you know, together as a church body, is more relevant than it's ever been. So, kind of the lessons we learn from the Book of Acts is when it seems like the church is just on the outskirts, on the edge of society, is when sometimes it's actually the most effective. Yeah, it's the most healthy because it gets back down to, you know, to quote unquote nuts and bolts of what it is to be, you know, the local church. Without um, getting bogged and, down with the bureaucracy. Yeah, and, and all complacent, you know, um, all complacent. And so, look, the, the work of the church is relevant. Um, and to all of our listeners, listeners this morning, you know, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. You know, there's someone today that you can share Jesus with. Um, there's someone you can invite to church. There's someone with, you know, you can pray with, you can, you know, minister to with the, with the gift of hospitality. And so this is what we need to start doing. You know, at Raymond Terrace recently, we've had a lot of visitors come in. And I'm, I'm really happy to say that I was, I had no, no bearing on any of those visitors coming to church. There were all people coming to church in which, you know, um, members of the church, you know, were inviting people. And, and that's the way it should be. You know, we should be inviting people to church because, you know, Jesus has all to offer. There's everything to offer. And, you know, the church community, by extension, being the hands and feet of Christ, have, you know, everything to offer to the world. So it's, it's, it's exciting times ahead. It really is. Wow. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show. Uh, I really appreciate the insights and uh, look forward to seeing that discussion uh, further as we talk about church being in the periphery of society. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.